Today, we're going to be talking about heart attacks in women. As I said, women have heart attacks too. It's clearly the number one cause of death for women, but they're different from men. And in addition, they've typically been ignored. A couple of differences. As we said before, they had that classic elephant sitting on my chest kind of chest pain. Women don't often do not get that kind of chest pain. Quite often they get feeling of agita. Sometimes they just get shortness of breath. Whereas men, again, get that pain that goes down the arm. Quite often with women, you'll see some pain, if you do see pain, and it'll be in the back or up in the jaw. Again, very, very different kind of presentation. Get palpitations, cold sweats, paleness, more of a flu-like symptoms and anxiety. Chest pain is still the most common symptom. Some chest pains are just not always severe, particularly in women. Women are more likely to have symptoms unrelated like neck, jaw, shoulder pain, upper back pain, abdominal discomfort, shortness of breath, pain in one or both arms, nausea, vomiting, sweating, lightheadedness, dizziness, unusual fatigue, indigestion. Symptoms may not be as noticeable as the crushing chest pain often associated with heart attacks. This might be because women tend to have blockages not only in the major, the big arteries, but also the smaller ones that still supply blood to the heart, but a smaller area. That's one of the biological differences that we tend to see in heart attacks in women. As I said before, some of this is social, but some of this is biological. Women tend to have symptoms more often when resting or even when sleeping. Emotional stress can play a role in triggering heart attack symptoms in women. And as we mentioned a couple of times earlier, it may be one of the major symptoms of heart attack. Because women don't always recognize their symptoms as those of a heart attack, they tend to show up in emergency rooms after the damage has occurred. And that's the thing, what's called an index of suspicion among women. As I mentioned earlier, I've done that with a couple of women in my family. And you know, you just sort of feel bad, but it's like, yeah, you know what? I know you just sort of feel bad. I know you don't have exactly chest pain. I know you've got some stuff in your jaw right now and, and your back. You got to know that this happens among women. So let's go in, get it checked. I know it's embarrassing. I know it's a hassle, but it's a heck of a lot better than finding out the hard way that that was a heart attack. Because the symptoms differ from women, they're diagnosed less often with heart disease than men are. So it's not unusual to find a woman who's had these symptoms that have been treated as anxiety, treated as depression, treated as a mental health issue, when it turns out it was heart disease the whole time. As I mentioned earlier, yes, breast cancer is a huge tragedy. It's a huge problem. But most people are unaware that far more people, women, die of heart attack than breast cancer. And I'll fact check myself on that. I mentioned 10, maybe 30. It's seven times. Seven times more women die of heart disease than breast cancer. Women of all ages should take heart disease seriously. That includes women under 65, especially those with a family history of heart disease. Young women, for example, are classic for getting uh, Wolf Parkinson White, some dissection of the arteries, things that I'm not going to explain technically, but they are classically seen heart problems, heart diseases, 
classically seen among young women that people just don't think about. So risk factors, number one risk factor, no matter which gender you are, diabetes. Women with diabetes are more likely to develop heart disease than are men with diabetes. And here's the thing. This is basically coverage of an article from Mayo Clinic. I tend to get frustrated with Mayo Clinic sometimes. And this is one of the areas that I would say I've got a slightly different take on that. Yes, if you're a woman with diabetes, you have significant risk. But when we say that, we tend to neglect the bigger population. You don't have to have full-blown diabetes to have significant risk for heart attack whether you're a woman or a man. And unfortunately, that's one of the bigger continuing misperceptions that we have in our society, both men and women. And they get this from their doctors as well. Well, you know, I've got a touch of sugar, but it's not bad. So I'll just get one teaspoon of sugar in my coffee in the morning rather than two. And that's not the impact at all. If you have any sugar problems at all, you are at risk for building plaque. And if you're at risk for building plaque, if you've built plaque before in your artery walls, that is what creates risk for heart attack, stroke, blindness, you name some of these big killers. Mental stress and depression. Stress and depression affect women's hearts more than men. So they're not only a risk factor, they're also a misdiagnosis as well, a red herring. As I mentioned before, quite often women's occult, unrecognized heart disease actually was called depression or more often anxiety for weeks, months, sometimes before it was actually appropriately and correctly diagnosed as heart disease. Smoking is always nuclear. It's nuclear if you're a man or a woman. It's a greater risk factor for heart disease in women than it is in men. Inactivity. Some research has found women to be less active than men. Menopause, the low levels of estrogen after menopause pose a significant risk of developing disease, especially in those smaller vessels that we mentioned earlier, where women are a little bit more, they're at more risk for having a heart attack in the smaller vessels of the artery. And sometimes, again, that may be leading to not this, not so much the classic symptoms of the elephant sitting on your chest. Pregnancy complications. High blood pressure or diabetes during pregnancy clearly increases the mother's long-term risk of high blood pressure and diabetes. And if you're talking about diabetes during pregnancy, think about this. Not only is it a sign that the mother's going to have heart attack and stroke because of early diabetes and prediabetes. It's also a risk factor for the child. If the child is born at over eight and a half pounds, much greater risk for having diabetes as they grow older. We're talking 50 years later, 60 years later. I'm one of those kids. I was born at 10 and a half pounds. And despite the fact of having a BMI in the low 20s, typically 21, 22, still had significant prediabetes starting in my mid-50s. Family history of early heart disease. This appears to be a greater risk factor in women than men as well. So some of these things with LP little a or FH or again, smoking, some of the things that, again, early risk, early family risk. 
Inflammatory diseases, rheumatoid arthritis. I uh, saw a patient yesterday who, for the most part, appeared to have a lot of his risk factors in control. Except one of the things that we were looking at was he may have had some significant carb problems. He was getting his arms around those. But one of the things we began to see was, hmm, was he continuing to grow plaque? And then one of the things we found out, I said, is there rheumatoid arthritis in your family? He said, yep. My mom and her sister both have significant rheumatoid arthritis. Why am I focusing on rheumatoid arthritis? Because if you have it, it's as much a risk factor as diabetes. You don't hear about rheumatoid arthritis and the other inflammatory arthritis or arthritides being a risk factor for heart disease simply because they're not so common. When you have a half to two thirds of an adult population over a certain age with prediabetes, you just don't have that many people with rheumatoid arthritis. So population-wide, diabetes is a far bigger killer. However, if you have rheumatoid arthritis, be afraid, be very afraid, make sure that you do everything you can to manage that inflammatory process. We don't know whether it's a crossover. We do know that rheumatoid arthritis That's the arthritis, by the way. It's not that, oh, I've got a knee problem or, oh, I've got a joint problem here. When you see people that are crippled with arthritis, they have what we call ulnar deviation. This is the ulna. This is the radius. And you have ulnar deviation of the fingers. That's the arthritis that we're talking about. That happens because there is a cross-reaction between the immune system and some of the proteins in the joints themselves. Now, is that cross-reactivity causing an immune cross-reaction to the plaque? We don't know that. Is it just the fact that we've got the byproducts of inflammatory processes going on, like the things we've called before, the cytokines, the things that amp up further inflammatory processes? Is that what's causing the increased risk in people with rheumatoid arthritis or lupus. We don't know that. But what we do know is that those diseases are a significant increase in risk for heart attack and stroke. So, you know, again, this gets to some of the basics. What do you do? Well, if you smoke, stop. If you eat food, make sure it's healthy food. Know whether or not you have insulin resistance. Get an OGTT, a Kraft Insulin Survey. Get a CIMT, get a LCM score, manage your stress, limit alcohol, exercise regularly. You know, there's a reason why so much science tends to focus on 150 minutes a week of aerobic activity and 75 minutes of vigorous activity or a combination of the two. If you look at those of us whose insulin receptors in our muscles and our liver are getting rusty and resistant to insulin, We bypass those insulin receptors entirely when we exercise. It's an exercise actually has an insulin effect. Those of you who have used the Libre and you go out, you take a beer or a pizza or both, you take a carb vacation, you know just a gentle walk for 20 minutes will take the top right off of that carb spike, that blood glucose spike. So here's the thing. If you get large enough muscles and intense enough work an insulin effect for up to 48 hours. Now does that help you begin to place this science showing 
probably at least every other day, three times per week. So does that help you draw some connections there between why exercise is so helpful for heart attack and stroke prevention? Obviously maintaining a healthy weight. From what I do, from the patients I've seen, from the work I've done in this space, I don't think there's anything more important than managing your body fat. Consider developing a healthy weight. Keep a BMI usually in the low 20s. There are people with a Schwarzenegger effect. They have a larger BMI, but still a low body fat. But just think about it. Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he won Mr. Olympia, had a BMI of 30. So you probably have a healthy body fat content, even at 30, if you look like Arnold Schwarzenegger did when he won the Mr. Olympia. This is a tendency among men. I've got a lot of big muscles. The BMI doesn't cover that. Adjust your BMI by your waist size. If it's 35, 34, you need to be thinking. So follow treatment plans. In general, heart disease treatment in men and women tends to be similar. Low dose aspirin is prescribed. You know, there was a couple of uh, articles that came out, studies that came out. One of them was called the Esprit trial just about a year and a half ago. And those studies threw this whole question of preventive aspirin into question again. And here was the bottom line on it. I covered it. If you want to look at preventive aspirin, we've got a couple of videos that go way deep into those studies. The bottom line though is this, or if you have black, I recommend you have some sort of blood thinner. And if you're not on something else already, like Eliquis or a Rivaroxaban, Xarelto, one of those for atrial fib, then you need to be on aspirin if you have plaque. If you don't have plaque in your artery walls, then you don't need to be worried about that. How do you know if you have plaque? A stress test is not going to tell you that. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit our website at prevmedhealth.com. To learn more, watch our videos on YouTube at Ford Brewer MD MPH. Thank you very much for your interest.